Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And Happy New Year, Jen. Happy New Year, Kim France. It, it isn't 2024 yet, but when this episode airs, it will be. I love it when we're faking time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I'm going to say this up front, because if I say it up front, then maybe I'll force myself to do it. Um, I am starting a new Substack. Yay. Um, more details to come, but there should be a new Substack starting today. <laughs> I love how I love. I wish I wish our listeners could see your beautiful hand gestures there. <laughs> well, it's just because I don't know how to make a Substack, so I'm just like showing what it would be like to weave a basket. I don't know. <laughs> we have such a good episode for the new year. We totally do. We have Lori Leibovich. Lori Leibovich, the editor of the Well section at the Times. She came on for the new year last year and did such a great job that we had her back. That's right. We had her back and um, we're super excited to talk to her um, because we need all the help we can get. So <laughs> happy new year, listeners. And um, the show is all about the tiny improvements we can all make this year to make our 2024 the best it can be. Oh, listen to you. I know. Okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Our guest today is Lori Leibovich. Lori is the editor of the New York Times Well section. Lori's a longtime health and style journalist who joined the Times in 2021 following a series of high-level editorial jobs at Time Inc., the Huffington Post, and the Skim. Welcome, Lori. Hi. Hi. So good to be here again. We're overjoyed to have you. <laughs> We're so happy to have you here again. I see that the Wells Challenge this year, as we've discussed, has to do with gaining and maintaining energy. Yes. Why did you guys choose that? I would imagine there was a lot of discussion around it. 
Yeah. So we actually start talking about the challenge in August. Um, and we have a series of meetings where we bring in as many people as possible, like from around the newsroom and not just from our section to kind of get a vibe check for how people are feeling and what they want help with. And energy was something that crossed all kinds of boundaries. So the people people who were weighing in who were younger, people who were older, people who had kids, people who didn't have kids, people, you know, different genders, like all the people we collected to help us figure this out were all struggling with energy. So it felt like a really great topic to tackle because there's no one that doesn't doesn't suffer from a lack of energy sometimes, whether it's physical or psychic or both. Um, so that's how we came to energy. And as with all of our challenges, we are, we are trying to ease people into habits. We don't believe in resolutions. We don't believe in punishment. We don't believe in like maniacal goal setting. We are just trying to offer some gentle guidance around um, different aspects of physical and mental health. And there was actually a lot of great research about energy showing that there's some really minor tweaks that you can make in a lot of different areas of your life that can pay big dividends and help you with your energy level. So that also was really one of the reasons why we chose it. What's the most common thing we do to sap our energy? Is it just not getting enough sleep? So that's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. And I thought when the reporter and the editor who work on this primarily were going to go out and look at the research, my my guess was that they were going to come back and that this was actually going to turn into a sleep challenge almost, um, thinking that, you know, as sleep is the foundation for energy, that we would be mostly focusing on that. But actually, it's not just about sleep. Um, one of the most important things that I learned from from editing this this challenge this year and the six different days that we go through is that rest does not have to mean lying down on a bed or, and it doesn't even need to be sitting and meditating. Rest can be literally five minutes that you take staring at a wall or walking in a circle around a conference room if you're in the middle of your work day or um, sitting on the subway and taking like three or four just like intentional deep breaths, even those like minute breaks, um, which we some one of our sources called an oasis moment, which is a little bit cheesy, but it you get the point. Yeah, um, it does not have to be a long time. And it certainly doesn't have to be something like meditation, which for me, I'm an on and off meditator from for the last 20 years. And I get really angry at myself when I don't practice it because I feel like I, I do see the benefits when I do. This was like a huge relief to me to understand that I could turn my desk chair for three minutes and stare out the window. And that is filling my tank again in a way that in this, you know, in a way that's almost as effective as if I took a nap or meditated for 20 minutes. So that's, that was great news you can use, I think. So it's just about not spinning your wheels, stopping for a few minutes and not spinning your wheels. Right. And it's certainly also about not having a device near you or not having a screen near you or not even um, just, just, just going blank just going blank, just staring. You can keep your eyes open. You can close your eyes, whatever's more helpful for you. But it is removing yourself from the swirl of the day. You know, if you can do it more than once a day, that's obviously better. But it is 
literally just a removal from from that from what for most of us is a lot of chaos when from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed so that's a really effective tool and after, and since i edited that's that story i've been practicing it and i find that it's so much easier to build in than it is than something like meditation is yeah and what i like about that is you know it feels like you know for me at least I have these aspirations every morning. I'm, I should wake up. I should, you know, meditate. I should do 20 minutes of yoga. I should, whatever the fuck else it is, right? And if I don't do those things in the morning, if I sit in bed with my phone, which is what I usually do, then I feel like the day is shot somehow. Like I feel like I've lost right. the day. And I'm wondering if there are more things like that that are easy that are part of this yeah. package that are not, you know, <laughs> because it's not like I, I mean, my new year's resolution, I want to get fit and I want to do all those things, but I know what's going to happen. I know by February, this will not, I will not feel the same right. way. So are there, are there more things like that that we can apply to say cardio or say, you know, eating well or whatever, better habits? So these are, again, like the whole, the whole MO behind this challenge is like the lowest hanging fruit and for the most dividends. So if one day is about rest, then that is like your, your sort of to do for that day is what I just said, which is like, take this oasis moment. On the day that we talk about movement, um, we are not sending you out, you know, the fact is exercise you know, expending energy through exercise begets energy. You feel more alive. You feel more vibrant. It's just, I wish it wasn't so because I am not a good exerciser at all. And I always want someone to tell me it doesn't really matter, but it actually does. And we know that, you know, if you go for a run, you're probably going to have more energy the rest of the day. However, you don't need to go for a run to get some benefit. And what we learned was three minutes, literally three minutes of some activity um, we talked to this great source, uh, Kelly McGonigal. She's a health psychologist at Stanford, and she's written extensively about movement. Three minutes of, you know, moving is enough to lift your energy for, for if not the day, at least for the, you know, the next couple of hours. And so we asked Kelly, what does that look like? Like, what, you know, what does it look like? And she gave us this really fun suggestion. She said, take three minutes and just pantomime activity. So pretend hmm. you're swinging a tennis racket, do that for 30 seconds, then pretend you're shooting baskets and just like jump as if you're shooting baskets, then pretend you're rollerblading or whatever it is. And it sounds super cheesy. And it's like charades essentially with yourself. But it is fun. <laughs> it has the added value of like silliness sort of matched with the activity, which we could all use that. I know I could. Like I, I have really. Yeah. We've you've talked about this on the podcast before. Like, why is fun so hard as we get older? And hmm. so I really liked that suggestion. It was just like this pantomime of boxing or whatever. And then the other thing we came up with, which was really helpful for me, because there's all kinds of research on habit stacking. So that if you, you know, if you have a favorite podcast, make sure you're walking while you listen to it, and that way you get to, you know, you're you're sort of giving yourself extra incentive. So one thing I realized after um, 
you know, we, I was editing this piece was that it takes about three minutes for my coffee to brew. So what I've been doing is I go down, I don't set the alarm on the coffee pot, which is something I could do instead of setting the alarm. So it's done when I wake up, I go downstairs, I turn it on, it takes three minutes to brew. And during that three minutes, I kind of do a light jog around the kitchen or I do this pantomime thing or, you know, I do, we have this amazing, it's eight minutes, it's not three minutes, but we have this amazing workout on nytimes.com slash well called the joy workout, which we did again in consultation with Kelly to every movement in this video has research behind it that shows that it is a move that can sort of produce joy in the body. So things like, you know, waving your arms and, and stuff like that. And so I do one of these things while the coffee is brewing and it's this habit stack. And is that, you know, am I getting like a huge workout and sweating and like, are my muscles bulging? No, but I have actually seen it make a huge impact on my energy levels through the morning. Um, and it's three minutes. Wow. I'm still stuck on the fact that you do that before coffee. <laughs> but it's incentivizing, right? Like at the end right. of my three minutes, I get my coffee. So it's great. But wait, I need to go back. Wait, habit stack? Is that just is that just normal to people? What is that? Do I not know that? <laughs> just, there's a lot of research behind knowing that, like, the th you have to like attach a thing you really love to a thing that you want to do more of, and if you do that, so again, like the the example of like you have a favorite podcast that you cannot wait to listen to every week. Let's say it's this one, so it comes out on Monday morning. So plan a walk from Monday morning, and that way you're putting this great habit of walking on top of something that you're already looking forward to doing, which is listening to the podcast. You know, another ha like famous habits uh, stack is like going to bed wearing your workout clothes or, you know, so that when you get out of bed, you're all, you know, like you can't make an excuse. You're already ready to go out and do right out. Um, and it's sort of stacking those two things together to give you less room for excuses. I love that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> What's it? What's well, I'm thinking about, I mean, this is just very much asking for myself, but like if I do anything, my knees, which I had torn meniscus, it seemed to like heal itself. But I, the short part of the story is just that I cannot do any exercise for any amount of time without it bugging my knees. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to swim. Okay. Have you seen a doctor? Yeah, I've seen, I, I saw <laughs> what I really need. I do think I need some physical therapy because I have seen yeah. a doctor, but the doctor said I needed surgery. And that really pissed me off because I didn't find out till later. This is so boring that torn meniscuses actually can heal themselves. And that's what happened. But then every time I start working out again, it starts bothering me again. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say swimming, but you don't like swimming, which I get. Swimming's a lot. Um, I, and what about walking? I like walking, but but walking, this is my next question. You need to have some cardio though, right? I mean, you it's preferable, but there's tons. And I mean, is running better for you than walking? Yes, it absolutely is. Like, Ugh. I wish it wasn't so, but walking is fantastic. Walking is, you know, Mo, you know, it is good for mobility. It is good. You know, is, is it great for cardiovascular health? No, but it's like great for mobility. It's great for your mental health. It's, it's tremendous. Speaking of mobility and flexibility, like this is the yeah. year that I started noticing, like when I bent over to take the silverware out of the dishwasher, yeah. 
that that was actually an uncomfortable thing yeah. to do. Do you like yoga? I love yoga, but if, you know, even gentle yoga fucks with my knees. Okay. Well, then you need physical therapy for sure, because you don't want this to keep being the reason why you're not, you know, mobile. Um, right. There, I can send you or we can put sh- links in the in the show notes to some articles about about mobility and aging. But like you really you want to be able to get yourself up off the floor like that is like the, this one, you know, tenant of longevity is you want to be able to sit down on the floor and then be able to get up without any help. And that's something to make sure that, you know, the longer you can do that, the better your life lifespan is going to be. I can get up off the floor, but it looks a whole hell of a lot different than it used to. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> it is so funny though, because like I'll like go a couple weeks without yoga or doing anything. Like not even like 10 days. Okay. Like I'll be traveling or this busy. And then I'm all of a sudden, it is so if lose it or use it or lose it. Yeah. Yeah. It all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like. I mean, I'm a, I'm a real touch my toes, get down on the ground, get back up every morning person only because I know that stat. And also because I interviewed a doctor years ago who told me that the quality of life he could tell going in, he worked with a lot of like geriatric patients and he, the quality of life going in, he could tell if they could touch their toes Mm -hmm. or not. And I, once he told me that I was like, okay, now I will touch my toes every fucking morning for the rest of my life because I, I need to beat you doctor. But, um, we just don't have the margin of error that we used to No, That's the thing. Yeah. And that is like, that is the, that is the, just the saddest thing about aging is just, you know, you get a bad night's sleep. It shows on your face. You don't do exercise or touch your toes for 10 days and then you can only touch your knees. It's like, it's just, it's fucked up and it's true. And, you know, but I'm, I want to, let me continue with some of this energy stuff because I really did learn these so much um, from this project. Um, Yeah. Bring us back into the positive. You can see where we want to go. I really really mean it. I mean, I'm not, I'm pretty no bullshit. You guys know that. I know. That's why, that's why you're the only health person we continue to have on. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So that was what I learned about movement three minutes. Then with food, we don't tell people what to eat. We don't, we cover nutrition of course. And you know, it's like a pillar of our coverage, but we're not ever going to ask anyone to do any, you know, restrictive dieting or anything like that. But what we learned about food and energy, which was interesting to me, was the exercise we're asking people to do is not to change one thing about what they're doing or eating, but just to, for a day or maybe two days, like two hours after you've eaten something, just to jot down how you feel. Yes. You know, hmm. and and I really love the framing of food not being about I mean, certainly not about like calories or, you know, being good or bad, but actually looking at it as fuel, which is how, you know, before diet culture, that's how people really thought about food, you know, and it was really interesting because like I'm pretty healthy, but I was eating things that when I really checked in with myself and took a second to like really track how energized I felt two hours after having avocado toast, I didn't feel great. Like I didn't just didn't work for me. And that exercise was really, really useful too. to, and also a nice shift in my thinking, which was that I want, I'm 
I'm pretty tired as a baseline. So if my, I don't want my food to harm, you know, make it worse. I want it to help me feel better. And even the other thing it just made me realize, and I know everyone responds to caffeine differently. I'm a pretty big coffee drinker. And I actually found in, in the course of doing this exercise that if I drank like a bit less coffee, I felt more energy actually two hours later that like I, I avoided, there was some, there was some point at which having cup number two or three got me to a crash rather than sort of a sustained energy. So that was really useful. So I just recommend that as an exercise to just think about like, how does this food feel in my body and how do I feel energy wise after eating it? Um, so that was really useful. I totally can see that. A couple of years ago, I mean, everybody who listens to this podcast knows I had serious, serious digestion problems, like just tremendous. I couldn't eat anything. My stomach was constantly in pain. And I had to go through like a whole, it was it was a year, it was like a full year of this. And it was, it was really terrifying. I thought I had stomach cancer for a while. And in order to get out of it, I had to like try all kinds mm-hmm. of things. And ultimately... I wound up doing a lot of mindful yeah. eating, which is like, you know, first of you do the elimination diet where you, you know, you don't, you don't eat anything. And then you, you slowly add things back in. And I was like, oh fuck, I really, you know, I similarly like caffeine, but it, you know, it, it makes me feel mm-hmm. like this. Or for me, it was weird things like bananas and yeah. rice were two things I just couldn't eat mm-hmm. anymore. And when I added them back in, it was like immediately apparent that like I had like brain yeah. fog and I would feel like I was crashing. Yeah. And it's, that was the most, that has been the most useful exercise or the most useful thing that came out of something that was very uncomfortable mm-hmm. and scary was really, now I really understand what my body wants to eat. I don't always right. do it, but I know exactly what it wants to eat. And I do do it most of the time because it's an easy thing I can control. And perimenopause often feels so out of control. That has felt like a thing. And I I, I will say that that has been my, my one saving grace besides hormone mm-hmm. therapy has been um, mindful eating. Let's take a quick break from some ads. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule, essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. The next thing I found to be really, really interesting, and we walk you through an exercise um, around this during the challenge, is thinking about energy and relationships. One of the experts we spoke to um, has this great term, which you may have heard, which is about identifying the energy energy vampires in your life, mm. people who drain you rather than build you up. And we all have those people. There are people, even who I'm in text relationships with, who drain me because the texts are this long and there's never any inquiries about you and it's all about their latest drama. And so one of the things we ask people who are participating in the challenge to do is to kind of audit your relationships a little bit and even, you know, take pen to paper and think about even just to chunk it out, like think about 2023 and the people that you spend time with, or even like just texted with, or even just had phone calls with. And look, there are people in our lives that we can't avoid our families and our, some of, you know, our colleagues, but there are a lot of friendships and a lot of, you know, weaker ties that we all encounter. And it really, that was incredible 
incredibly useful for me to do that audit and to really pinpoint, you know, why do I, why does when this person texts me, do I kind of get my back up? What is it that I'm responding to? And kind of digging in Mm -hmm. a little bit and being like, oh, I'm responding to the fact that this person hasn't asked me how I'm doing in like three years. But I know I could tell you every single thing about her life, you know, and that that term energy vampire is just so, so highly specific and and resonated with me so deeply. And what it really helped me with, too, in thinking about the coming year and as you know, and how, you know, we not all of us have to make decisions about how we spend our time every day, but really got me clear on the people who are on the pot, you know, on the energy giving list are the people that I'm really going to try to prioritize. Um, Some of them are in my orbit every day and some of them are people I probably talk to twice a year. But when I thought back to my conversations with them in 2023, they were like, life-giving. They were like, you know, both, you know, Jen going for a walk with you in Prospect Park. That was like great, you know, like, and I think having a clear eyes going into a new year about your relationships is is just a really somewhat easy and good place to start. I I have questions because what do you do? I mean, your energy vampires, when they're family, you just, you, 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 you set boundaries, you do what you need to do. What do you do when somebody's an energy vampire, but they're a friend and somebody you care about and you don't, you know, where do you set those boundaries? How do you, what do you do if one of these people really is intent on being your vampire? I think, I mean, I think at our age that if you're comfortable with the idea that the the relationship may end if you do this, I think it's worth a conversation. Like I really looked at that list and I felt like if I'm going to continue with this person, I don't want to just ghost them. I don't want to be an asshole. Um, but I think I need to say that like this relationship feels wildly uneven at this point. And I don't mean that I also want to just clarify that I'm not talking about people who are going through hell in their lives and you're just there for them because this is a moment when they actually need as much support as possible. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who kind of in, you know, suck the air out of the room or out of the text and really just kind of saying very plainly, I don't want, I don't want to hurt you, but I want you to know that I feel like I I don't, I feel a little bit invisible in this relationship, or I'm not sure you, I really feel like you understand what's going on in my life. And I know a lot about what's going on in your, in your life. Do you want to, you know, let's talk about it. Um, That is not an easy conversation to have, but um, I kind of feel like I'd rather be honest than keep getting the life sucked out of me, you know? Yeah. Can I, can I just, can I reframe it? I just, I think we need to reframe it because sometimes when we think about this and I, I, you know, I think the, the energy vampire thing is a great term, but I, I, I do think that they're sometimes friendships are just not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they're just not working anymore. You don't have as much in common anymore. You just, you've, you've grown apart for a number of reasons. Right. And 
if we frame it like energy vampire, it's like you're bad, this person's bad and you're good, right? Whereas maybe, yes, maybe they're sucking the energy out of you, but it's the dynamic that's sucking the energy out of you, right? The dynamic is is old and toxic and it doesn't work anymore because it worked at a certain time and it doesn't work now. And maybe, maybe the way that they, you know, maybe the way that they took all your energy was a time when you were delighted by the, who they were and you just wanted to hear all about them all the time and you just don't anymore. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like yep. if we reframe it a little bit, because if, if, and I, I do, I, cause I hear what you're saying, Larry, and there are, there are relationships where you should absolutely have that mm-hmm. conversation. And then there are relationships that, you know, this isn't, they're past it. It's yeah. over. Yep. So you're on life support with the friendship. And so then you've just sort of let it spaciously dissolve. And maybe you stop answering texts at the same frequency. And then maybe you see them, you give yourself a frequency for how often to see them. Like even the worst energy vampire, if you don't want to totally lose them, you see them every six months. It's not that big of a deal, right? If you don't want to have the confrontation, if you don't think the friendship can sustain the confrontation, then I think you can be a little bit spacious about it. And I think that, you know, unless the person confronts you and then you say, well, fuck yeah, man, you suck. I can't (laughs) can't handle this anymore. But I I think that sometimes we can get into this thing of like, you know, it it, it gets so it can can get to... it can get to they're bad. I'm good. Oh, I that, that's the most simple way to put it. At yeah. All I, I, you weren't, but I think Kim took no, it like that. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I wasn't at all suggesting that I'm bad. I'm good. I think too, Jen, to your point, like sometimes we're acting out the same roles that we did with a friend, yes, like a decade or two. Yes, ago, yes, and yes. we're different people, and they're different people. But yes, while we're yes. still playing, that's it. and these you know, the, we're acting out what we were to each other and other. Yeah. We're caught. Co- we're cosplaying. We're cosplaying is like, oh, we're cosplaying is 25 year olds. It's oh. ridiculous. And it's yeah. so that, stupid. that can get old and feel draining for sure. And sometimes the person is still behaving like, you know, in some right. ways that they're 25 year olds, because a lot of people arrest development and they're happily arrested. And it's those relationships I find are the hardest because you're like, wait, you're you're happy just staying exactly where you were 20 years ago? I'm so fucking confused, right. you know? I would die if I was still the person I was at, you know, 30. Yeah. Um, but that that now I'm getting off. <laughs> we actually, when we were working on this day of the challenge, we were thinking about, and I'm just gonna give you a little teaser, but you have to sign up to get this. Um we were thinking about the opposite of energy vampires and the friends that we all have that are just, just, I keep coming back to this phrase, but life-giving that like yes. you mm-hmm. finish a conversation and you just are like so full. And we were, we were kind of joking about, you know, we kept using Oprah and Gail as our, as our shorthand, you know, like, you know, it's like Oprah and Gail, like they have the yeah. most amazing long-term friendship and they're both always like propping each other up and talking yeah. about each other with such love. And we actually were able to get them to come talk to us um, and do a, a long recording about their friendship. Wow. And it's beautiful wow. and it's really inspiring. And so not, I don't want to totally focus on the negative parts of this, but this yeah, audit yeah. is also so beautiful because you're also really identifying and sort of savoring 
the people who make you feel the opposite, which is that you are seen and you are understood and you can be yourself. And they, you know, they're like screen, you know, they are your biggest fans, essentially. It's like, you know, when you see certain people, you get almost like a, you get almost a charge after you a see high. them. Yeah, you're like, you feel a high. high. You can't stop talking to them. You're yes. so, you're, it's like, it's like love. Yes. It's energy. It's exactly that. And it's what you were talking about last year, Lori, which is like thinking about the people you love the most and how rarely you see them in a year. Yes. How yeah. few hours a year you get with those people and starting to move that construction, right? Like starting to move that, that calculation a little bit. And I, I totally hear you. And and Kim, we'll, we'll continue to talk about your energy yeah. vampire. Um, no, it's okay. We don't yes. have to talk. I, I, no, I mean, at, at another, at, at, we will, we, you and I will, we will, this is an ongoing series for us. Um, <laughs> um, but Lori, what, what else, what else in the world of energy? Okay. A um, couple more things to share that, that I've found really helpful. One was just in terms of, again, this sort of goes back to this idea that it's like harder you know, I find, okay, I'm going to speak just for myself. Like I have really intense work days and I have really, you know, and I've got kids and, and, and I'm, I, I feel busy all the time. It's like a, it's like an illness. And we were doing, you know, one of the tenants of like having energy is like entering at least at some points during your week, a flow state where you are doing something, you know, we've all heard about flow states. It's when time kind of disappears and you feel completely engaged and your senses are engaged and whatever it is you're doing. So, you know, for my husband, it's like he plays music and that is, you know, his automatic flow state every time he goes to a rehearsal. Um, and some for some people, it's running and for some people, it's their actual jobs and it, and it varies. But I, I have a lot of trouble with that because like I'm when I'm working, I'm sort of maniacal and I'm not I mean, it's a type of flow, but it doesn't have that energy giving quality. And we talked to all these experts who sort of disabuse me of the fact that like, you don't have to play violin for an hour to enter a flow state, but that this one researcher was like, you could take five minutes. And he was like talking about something he does in his office where he takes a bunch of markers and he just tosses them into the recycling bin one after the other, after the other. And just trying to make those baskets, you know, like as if he's like playing basketball with his markers for five minutes is like that qualifies as a flow state. It interrupts your day. You're doing something. You're totally focused on it. Um, it could be a crossword puzzle. It could be, you know, one of the game, you know, a, a game on nytimes.com or whatever. But that just, again, this isn't about rest. It is about flow, but it doesn't have to be like gardening for hours or what all of these things that you kind of think about when you think about a flow state, just a few minutes or our, one of our reporters, like she presses flowers, like she picks flowers and then she presses them. And he was talking, you know, she also tried, um, just like she went to like Trader Joe's and got a plant and then repotted it and put it on her window. And the whole thing took like 20 minutes, but that's a flow state. And so that was another great reminder for me that like, I don't, I can, you know, there, there are little windows where you can get absorbed and, and feel more energy as a result, which, which was really great. Cause I, I would never have thought that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, 
one thing we've talked about on this podcast is hobbies. <laughs> like how, how important hobbies right. are. Like, cause I too am feral when it comes to work. Like I am just an animal and it never, ever stops. Yep. I am relentless. And the other day I was, I was thinking like, oh, in the new year, like what I really want is to maybe spend my extra time not thinking about my next project. Right. Like maybe my extra time, maybe I should bring some of that energy to taking care of myself or to doing nothing, to like actually take it, actually giving energy to doing yeah. nothing because it's so hard for me. There's, cause I feel like there's always, you know, there's always a floor to sweep, a, a, a litter box yeah. to clean, a bill to pay, a project to do, a hustle to make. There's just a hustle. There's everything feels like a hustle. I could not relate and to it's you not more. to say, right. I can't stop. I'm going to die and I can't yeah. stop. You know, it's like, I'm going to die someday. Not like I'm going to die from this. Maybe yeah, I will I though. Um, but like, I'm going to die someday. And so, oh, I, I must, I must keep going. And it's a very energizer bunny thing. And I do need those moments. And I will say the one thing that really, and I've been avoiding it almost because it does, it is counteracting is weaving. Weaving is really, yes, that's it's a really good thing. It's so visceral. There's something about touching the wool and you're putting your fingers through this thing. And it's just a very, um, hands-on thing. You have to focus because you have to right. count, you know, that's so perfect. you can't, yeah, I can't be doing anything else. I can't be also listening to a podcast like, you know, right. like, or a book on tape so I can get smarter. Right. Kim, do you have anything <laughs> like that? Um, the spelling bee? Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, when you were talking about it, I realized like in my morning, that's a moment when when yeah. I'm absolutely in a zone. Yeah, totally. I do, my, for, I do Wordle every night. It's like my delineation between work day and evening. And it's, I'm completely focused. I'm completely in it. You know, the only bad thing about those activities are that they're on a screen, but, you know, but still it's better. It's better than nothing for sure. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say, which is that one of the things we sort of want to leave people with at the end of the week is that, you know, like that it's similar to the audit of the relationships and what which relationships bring you energy and which don't, we, we're sort of asking people to also look back at the year that was to identify the moments where they felt more most alive. And, you know, it's funny. It's like not an easy thing to do because already it's like, what did I do in January and February? I don't know. Exactly. But I actually recommend people look at their calendar to kind of jog your memory. And that was really helpful for me. And what I realized was that the moments where I felt most alive, and this will come as no surprise to you both, was when I was seeing live music, that I saw a lot of really excellent shows this year. And I saw, saw Bruce Springsteen, and I saw Liz Fair, and I saw Jenny Lewis, and I saw I went to Vegas and saw you too at the Sphere. And I, those were the absolute highlights of my year. And so what we're asking people to do is like, take that information and, and move it ahead and take out your calendar and say, you know, and in my case, it was like, I was looking to see who was on tour this year and who, where could I buy tickets and, and sort of plug that in to my year so that this wasn't just a blip, but that I could really build on what worked for me. Mm -hmm. And, and it also applies to relationships. So who were the people that I saw? 
that really, really fed me. And I have now reached out to those people and I've said, let's make a date in January. Let's make a date in February. If it's someone who lives far away, it's making a phone date. Um, but it's populating your calendar pre proactively with events and dates that you know are going to make you happy. It's like gaming the system for yourself. 100% gaming the system. And then you're done. You know, you're sort of like, oh, I'm like through March, I've got these like great plans that I can look forward to. They're in the books. And it's a I felt like I was taking care of myself, you know, in, in advance, sort of. Um, so that's another recommendation. I really looking back at the calendar and then and then making dates before the new year gets too underway and you sort of lose the thread. Isn't music so transformative? Lately, I've just realized, like, if I'm if I'm feeling at all awful and I put music on, I am out of that mood so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And then seeing it live is just like ups the ante. I I almost I cried when I was at Liz Fair, and I don't think it was because the music was moving me so much, although the music was great. It was just the experience, the communal experience of that was so powerful. Totally. A hundred thousand percent. I've, I felt the exact same way. I was so emotional, too. I mean, I really I went. It was like sunrise, sunset. It was like, oh, my God, who was I? Who am I? Where am I, mm. where am I going? Like, And she was like this. I know you both went, too. You know, she was like, I mean, I, I resonated with her so much when I was in my 20s. And then seeing both of us kind of be older, middle-aged women now, I mean, there was so much um, emotion in that, those couple of hours for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. Lori, do you have any other advice for um, our audience? Um, I mean, I just will do a, I will do a shameless plug for, um, (laughs) to visit. Well, um, we plan out our January content months in advance with as much care and, you know, real thought goes into what is the kind of, what is, what are the kinds of stories and service that we can offer people at this time of year that is, that is very fraught, but also is just gives us a very nice line in the sand in which to start to think about our physical and mental health. Um, so just visit us. We have so much coming this month, um, all the time, of course, but like we really, really think about um, how we want people to feel at the beginning of the year and helping you, you know, with our service journalism, really trying to help you, you know, take steps but not feel overwhelmed. Amazing. You're the best. Thanks for coming back on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Lori. Happy New Year. You too. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine in 2024. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms. It really helps people find the show and it helps. It it makes a difference. I'm already stumbling. <laughs> if you want to support the production of the show, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash everything is fine. We will have special episodes there once a month this year. Hopefully that's our, that's what we're going for. If you want to follow Kim, you can find her on her Substack, kimfrance.substack.com. If you want to follow me, TBD, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. There's going to be a link coming. 
The show is mixed and edited by the great Natalie Rivera. And we will be back next week as we're always back next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.